0: In 1996, Deke tried to bring a little magic into everybody's lives. We are the Deke Geeks, and today, the magic is back!
1: Yeah.
0: Hello, yes, We are the De geeks. And today we are looking at Legend of Sarmoti.
1: Colon, Siegfried and Roy. Also known as Siegfried and Roy, Legends of the Impossible.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Something um,
1: like that. Masters of the impossible.
0: Yes, Masters, Masters, because... oh uh, by the way, I'm Mark hey, Avery. Uh, yes, um, Siegfried and Roy Masters of the Impossible is an acronym, or rather that's the words that become the acronym, SARMOTI around this entire...
1: SARMOTI just sounds like the world, it just sounds like a condiment sauce to me. Oh what, sorry? A condiment. It's, it's like a thing that you would oh, okay. put on a, on, a, on a dish, a nice yeah, dish yeah. of food. Yeah, yeah. Some kind, kind of, of savoury So you're saying dip.
0: you get to choose ketchup, mayonnaise or samoti.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm possibly possibly maybe it's like a, a bit bit similar to like a what's this a sauce maybe that's what i think
0: oh so you're thinking
1: kind of more hot and spicy uh, kind of a savory flavor yeah i don't think it's i don't think the S- samoti sauce would be sweet
0: so kind of a light sauce
1: soy based mm, maybe 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 it's a rebrand for hp Hmm. it's kind of fruity you know but it's also kind of savory might work
0: better in the in the States where HP now mostly means Harry Potter. Mm. And we went straight back round to magic. Well done Oz. Hmm. So we did. Um so yes, uh Legend of Sarmoti. Uh this is a nineteen ninety six uh Deke mini series that um I certainly had never heard of. Avery had you no. heard of it? Mm-hmm. No. No uh, right, okay, look, case, look,
1: look, when did you say it came out? 96? Yeah, the year I was born. <laughs> that doesn't help. No, it really doesn't, that's not going to really contribute too well to me seeing or her, well, hearing. Well, in that scene. case, the yeah. only, the only amount of secret and I ever heard of was from The Simpsons, let's face it.
0: Ah, uh, you mean the Gunter and Ernst yes. joke? Yes, In which uh, they are mauled by a tiger? Yes. Yeah of inevitable wasn't it <laughs> anyway um so yeah i don't really remember much of siegfried and roy either but i do remember that in the late 1990s there was kind of a resurgence of the big magic acts on television you kind of got uh, david copperfield yeah and um david oh, blaine God. No, that's more early 2000s. That
1: was that's still, in, that's still part of the resurgence of magic as a thing.
0: Sort of, but David... I, mean, I,
1: th- I think, for me, the early 2000s is when the resurgence of magic happened.
0: Here's the thing, though. David Blaine was kind of the Metallica to Stage Magic's hair metal. David Blaine was where you stripped away all of the pretension, all of the showmanship, and try and make it just about the topic itself.
1: The, fuck you, I'm going to live in a cube of ice for, for, like, five weeks.
0: Well, he did kind of go on to that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, back during the, I believe, the late 90s, I mostly remember a show in which a masked magician uh, showed how people's ma- how different magicians' magic tricks worked.
1: Right, right, right. That's
0: pretty much I can remember.
1: (laughs) I remember a CITV show in early 2000s, hosted by Stephen Mulhern, uh, called Tricky TV. Oh, yeah. And that was pretty alright. That was him just doing a bunch of magic tricks on TV, Uh, as it
0: were. (laughs) I remember Dominic Woods.
1: Oh, yeah, Dominic Wood. He used to do magic, didn't he?
0: He did used to do magic. That was his thing before he just became I a mean, yeah, kids did some, TV
1: presenter. He did some. He did do some of those tricks on uh, Dick and Dumb in the Bungalow, from what I remember.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, his trade was as a stage magician, yeah. but uh, was thinking about slime Steve, was
1: easier. Thinking about Stephen Mulhern on kids TV, it's making me think of this wonderful game show that was on for a few years, but no one seems to really remember it, called Globo Loco. And it's this. I
0: vaguely recall the title.
1: Yeah, it's this um, intentionally weird and wacky kind of game show. And the prizes are given out by this character who's literally just called Dad. And he's just this <laughs> really just obnoxious, just over the top character dressed in like the proper granddad jumper kind of thing. And it's like, two bikes each! <laughs> and it's just like. Oh god, it was such a good show I'm just I could talk endlessly about how good the shit that I used to watch was and how terrible it was equally honestly there was so much oh fuck
0: But seeing as we seem to have left the topic of stage magicians Can we we make a side
1: episode where we just kind of talk about the shit we used to watch as a kid?
0: Uh, I can't remember much of it to be honest D Geeks is mostly reminding me of the existence of shows
1: (laughs) 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 Oh dear That's not good
0: but I digress. Let's um, look at the history of The Legend of Samoti. Horn grew up in post-war Germany. As a child, his best friend was a half-wolf named Hexie, who Roy claimed had once saved his life. But he also befriended a cheetah at a local zoo owned by a friend of his mother's. After months of getting to know the cheetah from the other side of the cage, Roy was eventually allowed to feed and walk the cheetah, and so the career of one of the world's most famous exotic animal handlers began. In 1957, Roy Horn met Siegfried Fischbacher. Both men were working menial jobs on a cruise liner, Roy was a waiter and Siegfried was a steward, but Siegfried was also performing magic on the side. Roy volunteered to become his assistant and soon the two were collaborating on bigger and more impressive tricks, upsizing from disappearing a rabbit to disappearing a cheetah. After five years of touring and development, they were spotted by a talent scout in Monte Carlo and invited to perform in Las Vegas, which they would make their home for the next 40 years. In 1991, Marvel announced that they had gained the rights to a 65 episode animated series titled Siegfried and Roy Masters of the Impossible in which the two magicians would be recast as superheroes fighting against a sorceress to save the environment. However as the 90s went on Marvel's finances waned and the show never materialised. And so the rights to the property were snapped up by Deke, who instead produced a four-episode miniseries titled Legend of Sarmoti." The show wasn't continued after the initial four episodes and was mostly ignored by everyone. So, Avery, what did you make of Legend of Sarmoti": colon Siegfried and Roy?
1: It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm surprised by this one. Yeah, it's... um for one, Like, we watched all four episodes because, for what it's worth, we may as well. Uh,
0: well, it's... It's a self-contained thing. Yeah. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. Well, more a beginning, a middle, a middle, and an end, but... <laughs> so yeah, when I uh, was getting ready to watch Siegfried and Roy uh, as a cartoon, I wasn't expecting it to basically be a anime about two uh, roguish magicians.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's it's quite interesting in that it, it pits... Um... It Siegfried and Roy pretty much against each other for the first two or so episodes until they finally need to cooperate with each other.
0: Yeah, they are thrust by fate into having to help each other. Mm. But they are very opposing personalities. Yeah. I mean, um, they have very different um, agendas. And Siegfried's isn't even that sympathetic an agenda. Yeah. It's quite interesting that it's willing to um, to present its um, licensed characters uh, not as grand heroes, but as kind of flawed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which
0: is more than you'd expect from a kids'
1: cartoon made for. The rare thing about this cartoon is, um, well, it's a deep cartoon that has good writing. It's it has bad. pretty good writing, for what it's worth. There are jokes that land. Yeah. It's... And are context-specific. context, <laughs> context uh, uh, specific. Yeah, it's and... it's not quite as solid as Where's Wally Was.
0: Well, no, but I mean, Where's Wally Was, it was about the jokes. Yes. Whereas this is more of an action show with witty one-liners mm. and clever inversions of what you'd expect. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, uh, we should probably actually talk about more of the show itself, because unlike most of our shows, it would be very difficult for our audience to just gather what we're talking about from the fact that it is a licensed property. Um, Basically, Legend of Sarmoti is about uh, two... Well, a roguish magician and a roguish animal handler uh, who, in a world that used to have magic but doesn't have it anymore... Have to go on adventure to bring back the magic, but Siegfried's only really interested in gold, and Roy is only really interested in helping his animal companion. Um, what was that animal companion's name? Manticore. Manticore.
1: It's a tiger.
0: Manticore,
1: the it's giant white, white tiger. tiger yes, uh,
0: who used to be a shapeshifter, but he hasn't since the uh, since the fall of magic.
1: Hmm.
0: And they are basically in this weird world where basically any fairy tale or myth or just a mishmash of everything exists. Yeah. And the writers have had a lot of fun with the world building.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, like, the this is evident when they first enter the town areas you see uh, very like striking character designs just kind of walking past and like the camera going past them in the tavern and stuff like that it's just some of the non-human character designs are very really interesting to look at in general and um yeah I don't know they, they 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 did did quite a good job on this they one. Went, I'm just going to say that. They That's... went
0: diverse on background characters. Yeah. And I loved some of the... Which is a rarity
1: the, for Deek if you think about it.
0: I loved some of the touches. Like just one guy sitting at the bar who had a monocle that then there was a um, chain going down to it up to another monocle being worn by a frog on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and this character was completely incidental. There's nothing yeah. else to do with it. Um and then there's the guy with the big coat full of fairy pickpockets.
1: Yeah, him. Who ha- actually has a important part in the storyline. He does line. have an
0: important part in the storyline, but I mean it's such a good idea having employing fairies to pick pockets in a bar. Yeah, yeah. It's just um a lot of thought and care and attention is put into building this utterly ridiculous world.
1: That No, I, I, the reason why I think this is, is because it's um, only four episodes. Yeah. The, all of the budget went into making this look as good as possible for those and four episodes. And it really episodes. does look good. Yeah, it holds up surprisingly well.
0: And people have put love and care and attention into making this world as complete as it could be. Hmm. Even the um, the designs for uh, mytholo- mythological characters are interesting. I mean, um, later in the story they come across Medusa, oh. and Medusa isn't the usual, you know, just random woman with lots of snake hair. She kind of has cat ears that are formed out of kind of the the. Um, the side, the, the the hood, the hood of a—is it a viper that has the hood? Cobra. Cobra, kind of a cobra hood type thing, and um, she has not. She, they didn't go with completely naga with her. They had her so that her legs were snakes in themselves.
1: Yeah, and two snakes twisted f- around each other,
0: and just the the originality that came along with what weren't original ideas because a lot of this were characters like Rumplestiltskin is a main character in this yeah just
1: he's just there
0: he oh, makes jokes he's the yeah, comic relief he's the comic relief slash dog's body for Siegfried and he's actually a likable comic relief character
1: for once
0: um because he's not overacted in any way he's just He's um he's just an ego really he's just yeah, there to be the. I,
1: I will say it's a good thing is, It's a, it's a good thing that this is only four episodes because I think if it went on any longer than the character Rumble Stiltskin would very quickly get annoying.
0: Oh yeah, um yes I I I can agree because they would run out of things to do with him. Mm. Um.
1: I will say this is pretty much just like a TV movie more than anything else, isn't it? Because it's only four episodes.
0: They also released it as a TV movie. Mm, So I suspect they probably made it um, as a TV movie, but then released it in parts in four episodes.
1: So it can be going on TV and shit. Yeah. Um, Makes sense.
0: Because I mean, there's some inconsistent editing with the flashbacks. Yeah, for one sure. of the flashbacks is done in one style, and then the other two are done with a different After Effects plugin.
1: It won't be After Effects at this point. Nineteen
0: ninety-six. What would they be um, using? Nineteen ninety-six? Because fuck no,
1: some kind was, of software that doesn't exist anymore. Most yeah, likely. yeah,
0: most likely. But it was definitely digitally edited. Mm. Because they also had lots of nice early digital transitions. <laughs>
1: Yeah, those were really they nice. really went
0: over the top on the first couple of episodes, but then toned it down later on.
1: Oh, no. Actually, After Effects, produced in... The first version was produced in January of 1993.
0: So, yeah, it'd probably be After Effects.
1: Very possibly.
0: I mean, it was the, uh, the industry standard for a good created while, by, wasn't it?
1: Comp- created by the Company of Science and Art in Providence, Rhode, Rhode Island.
0: I find it also rather interesting how little, um... It seems to trust the audience will keep up with it because it it moves from idea to idea so quickly and it only occasionally gives... I mean, you get the information dump at the start, which I assume exists because somebody pointed out people just aren't going to keep up with this, especially if it's cut into four episodes.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. Because the information dump was
0: definitely edited from uh, clips later in later episodes to kind of give the world building no
1: no I don't think it oh, I don't know I don't know now it's weird that part's a bit of an anomaly
0: it was a uh, completely but I think it personally I think it was completely unnecessary because all of the world building is done within the script itself yeah somebody really put together the we drop th- in the um the elements of our world, piece by piece thing over the course of the episodes. It didn't. We didn't need to know in advance any of these details because the show will build, which is really unusual for a fucking kids cartoon from '96 from Deke. Is there anything particular you liked about it? Any plot points? Any characters? Any?
1: I. I mean not particularly nothing i mean like not entirely i mean i enjoyed it quite a bit Uh, it's a very engaging cartoon i was taken aback by how good it was just from the first episode but i now that i'm looking back on it i can't really remember all that much that's particularly remarkable about it right other than it was a surprisingly good cartoon for something that deke produced
0: uh, this is the problem with competence. You uh, end up mm. with something that's competent. You don't get the much that sticks out that you can start complaining about. But it wasn't boring.
1: No. Which it, was, it was interesting and engaging. Which, well, what the plot is, you wouldn't think that.
0: Yeah. Shall we talk about what we know about the voice actors? This one's really quite difficult to research because nobody seems to know anything about it.
1: No. It no. doesn't
0: even have a TV tropes page.
1: It's a very odd little cartoon it's there on youtube in full surprisingly
0: blocked off to uh places outside of the u.s on the official um Some
1: of the, yeah on the official one yeah but on the official one there are uh, oh, rink, um, wink, yeah. wink 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 wink
0: wink the casting is kind of weird um so it stars andrew hawkes as siegfried and this is his first role never did anything major after this. He has additional voices in Call of Duty Black Ops. I think he got a named role in Black Ops too.
1: Oh, get him. It's, it's weird. It's licensed, sick, and ruins. Like, their namesakes, but then they don't actually play the characters.
0: Well, they're not voice actors.
1: But they then, as far be. as
0: I can tell, Andrew Hawks isn't either, because I mean, this is his think. first
1: first role. They could be voice actors. What is stopping them?
0: It might be that it is cheaper to employ someone to act as Siegfried Roy than it is to employ Siegfried from (laughs) Roy.
1: What I want to know is what what the real people thought of this cartoon. And then Jeff Bennett was Roy. Uh, Jeff Bennett is,
0: of course, uh, the voice of Johnny Bravo, Mm. uh, Brooklyn from Gargoyles, and Peter Puppy from Earthworm Jim.
1: (laughs) As in the Earthworm Jim cartoon? Yes. Oh, And
0: possibly also Earthworm Jim 3D, because they use the same voice actors.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: But, I mean, that's nothing compared to the villain. This show, this weird thing, has Charlie Adler as the villain who is the Titan Loki. (laughs) Charlie Adler's voiced everything. (laughs) Charlie Adler was fucking Spike in the original My Little Pony and then only went on to more and more ridiculously famous things like uh, being Buster Bunny in Tiny Toon Adventures, Ed and Bev Bighead in Rocco's Modern Life, Professor Monkey for a Head in Earthworm Jim, and Cow, Chicken and the Red Guy in Cow and Chicken. He's also Harold in Fallout 1 and 2, but not in Fallout 3, because Bethesda don't give a shit. So, basically, what we've got here is a self-contained story, but it kind of ends on an open end, and how do you reckon this would have continued had they, uh... Hmm. Uh, just to sum up, uh, in case... Spoilers, in case you were going to watch this, uh, this twenty-year-old.
1: You know what? Yeah, no, don't spoil it because I think this is worth watching. Actually, yeah, <laughs> this is actually worth watching. There's no reason to spoil it. It's worth watching. Uh, but, but I it, think it would have been just kind of like one of those, like those random continued adventures type series where it's just like. And so we be meet again with and Void on their own journey with it. And then there's look at town. Oh, no, they're getting terrorised by an evil force. We have to go and beat it.
0: Right, right. So kind of remnants of old magic, uh, various monsters who are suffering because of the lack of magic. Yeah, towns yeah. that need saving, just general sort like, of lack of sorts. It's all
1: about the friends they make along the way and that sort Oh, of course, of sort, course. You know. I think I would have continued... Like, To be honest, I'd, could I'd probably watch that. It could have
0: been a good series. I think I would honestly watch that. Quite frankly, it didn't... I think what ultimately sunk it was the right to Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think even without the Siegfried and Roy quote-unquote license, because it's not even really them, it's just their names. Yeah, and the concept
0: of um stage magicians and a white tiger.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know. I think I think it would have just worked out just as fine without having yeah, the, the Siegfried need and Roy. It to name. be
0: Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. And we would probably have been far more interested in it Beforehand, had it not been called Siegfried and Roy, <laughs> Masters of the Impossible. No, I or...
1: disagree. I think that name is very enticing. Ah, that's true. <laughs> we both looked this show up and went, "What, <laughs> Siegfried and fucking Roy?" Uh, well, no,
0: we more looked up. Hmm, Legend of Samoti. It's a fucking Siegfried and Roy cartoon. What? The, why? Why would anyone do this? And, uh, well, this is why, because it's really good. Spoilers for potential future episodes, we have found a Macaulay Culkin Deek cartoon. <laughs> please help us.
1: <laughs> the love of fuck. please help us.
0: I mean, the Deke show wasn't announced in 1991, but Marvel bought the rights in 1991, so I'm wondering if, by the time this came out, nobody actually cared about Siegfried and Roy? Hmm. Maybe they'd moved on to Penn and Teller, or... No, I think Penn and Teller was... David Copperfield?
1: Slightly, no, wait, they went slightly later on, because they almost had a Sega CD game. Hmm.
0: Well, Penn and Teller were... The thing about Penn and Teller is that they were able to reinvent themselves. Yeah. So when David Blaine came along, Penn and Teller were basically... Well, we just, we, we're just just two guys in suits who do a one-sided stand-up routine and sh- pretend to shoot each
1: other. Yeah. <laughs> Penantile's pretty great. I'm yeah,
0: aware. I'm I'm not a fan of Pendulette's libertarian
1: views. No, that's probably not the best part but, about uh, it. But...
0: but they're they're a good act, and bullshit is quite a good program when it's uh when it's being um more um objective. Right. But yes, I suspect that um the Siegfried and Roy name uh ironically considering that marvel when they bought it thought the Siegfried and roy name would have international appeal uh rather limited what they could do with it
1: yeah yeah Uh, which
0: is why we've never heard of it yeah probably and because it's only four episodes or a single TV movie and therefore cannot be shown. Yeah. Can't, this isn't syndication material. No, not at all. Which is uh, um, Deke's bread and butter.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, to, to bring this to a nice conclusion, this is surprisingly good. It is worth a watch. Go and like seek out a way to uh, look this one up and give well, it, it a just, little watch. It's just
0: it's, there on YouTube. Yeah.
1: I mean, honestly... Seriously, this is our first, like, not our first serious recommendation, but probably like our fourth one or something like that. Serious recommendation. Like, please go out of your way to watch this because genuinely it's it's a lot of fun. Second,
0: possibly third, depending on whether you consider my
1: like for Ulysses
0: and your real apathy towards it as a recommendation.
1: hmm, Ulysses was good. But it wasn't my thing That's the that It was, was good, but it was slow Yeah, I acknowledge it was good, but I don't deal well with slow burn programs yeah. So that's why I was apathetic towards it But that's also worth watching So, you know Yeah, <laughs> that's basically it Go and uh, watch this
0: Yeah, you know, give this one a watch it's...
1: <laughs> On that note, uh, where are we ranking this, boy?
0: Uh, pretty high, I'd have to say Yeah, I agree um...
1: I don't think it's as good as Where's Wally or Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog you
0: don't think it's as good as no. Adventures of the Hedgehog? No,
1: mainly because that one was just a lot of cartoony fun. That was just, like, a 15-minute blast of just jokes and energy and just the most beautiful animations on Dr. Robotnik ever. Um, but I think just maybe this is better than Ulysses.
0: It certainly does the world-building and, uh, and the pacing a lot better.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's... It definitely sets out to do similar things what Ulysses tried to do, but in a much shorter time frame. It is. And I can respect it for that.
0: It is also gorgeously, gloriously 90s. The
1: moment it is very 90s. But here's
0: the thing: most of it isn't that 90s. It's just as soon as you hit the credits. And then you hit the credits, and there are the <laughs> most. <laughs> there is the most 90s sounding um, vocalist over uh, panpipes. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Whilst oh, incredibly so 90s magic show uh, clips play. It's so
1: good. It's,
0: it's so, so
1: good. I love it so much. It's a
0: bit of a shock to the system every yeah. time. Um.
1: So are you in agreement with me yeah, for number three?
0: Yeah. I mean, yes, I'd, I'd go with Replacing it. Replacing Ulysses. That's I mean, that's we, we both really enjoyed it, which Yeah. <laughs>
1: well there we go it's another so, yeah it's another number three
0: ride. and yeah
1: very good this is really good <laughs> oh well this has been deep geeks we hope you enjoyed this episode as it were and uh, if you'd like to check out more then they're all up on our website mostlycobols.com and uh if you
0: would
1: if you would care to ch-
0: won't let me speak <laughs> if
1: you would care to uh Check out our other podcasts as well, Most of Couples Extend. It's going a little bit slow at the moment, but we're working to revitalise it, as it were. So. It's kind of a shame that it's already hit that point, considering we're only like seven or eight episodes in. But anyway!
0: Well, we, we never really made much thought in advance <laughs> that's a good point. what to do on it. That's a very good and point. And we've got the solid framework. We just need the content in the middle.
1: <laughs> we're working it out. We're working it out. But it's there if you want to go and uh, have a listen to that. It's like kind of a general video game show, but we touch other parts as well. Like uh, yeah. films. Mostly films. films. Occasionally music. TV. Very rarely TV.
0: Yeah, we talked about Rick and Morty for a while.
1: That's true. That's a good show. Also, go watch Rick and Morty if you've not done that already. Ooh, that's back. Yeah, that's coming back now. That's uh, coming um, back in ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Well, by the time this has gone out, it'll be slightly less. Yeah, it's Uh, it's next week. Fuck, hang about. um,
0: Literally next week.
1: Yeah, yeah, it will be, won't it? Great, well, there you go.
0: (laughs) And now you know when we recorded this. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I think that's all we've got. Um, Indeed. Give us a give us stars and review on iTunes if you Tell your friends really about like us. Them. Actually, are we co- do they I've heard a lot of podcasts refer to it as Apple Podcasts now.
1: Uh, fucking it's still on Have iTunes branded. that? Well, section? it's cuz because it's because on the iPhone it has a special app called Podcasts. <sighs> It is still available through the iTunes store, regardless. Yep. So, yeah, so, iTunes. So, give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> we will accept no Apple pedantry here at Mostly Cobalts.
0: I was just wondering if they'd just done a proper rebrand, but no, still iTunes. No. Uh.
1: This show is brought to you by two users of Android. One, recent, one reluctant and the other one quite happy with it. Two users of Android. Neither of which
0: are allowed on Android on um, Google Podcasts yet. Fix that, Google.
1: Bring it to the UK already. Love a fuck. Oh, boy.
0: So, yes. Uh, we already did that bit, so I don't have to go into the so, yes, we have been. Um, on the next episode, Deke meets Hollywood and immediately loses 20 million dollars.